The thing I love most about this rivalry, yeah. everybody's wrong until the result comes in. Let's go. They always say, throw out the records when it comes to this rivalry. On that day, you have to prove that you're the better team in the state of Michigan. I don't get why both teams can't be great at the same time. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. I love you, man, but you're an idiot. A Michigan, Michigan State Podcast. And here's your hosts, Justin Rose and Michael Spath. Hey, good morning or afternoon or evening, whatever time you're listening to this podcast, the Michigan, Michigan State Podcast. I love you, but you're an idiot. Wow. Lot to talk about after week five of the college football season. Uh, these two programs really headed in different directions. Michigan playing its best game of the year, a 45 7 win at Nebraska. Not a lot to complain about. We will get into that, but I'm joined by my co host um, who had quite the, the Twitter raging going on on Saturday night. Justin Rose, have you combed? Are you like in a better place? Here we are recording this on Monday yeah, morning. Are you? Yeah, I have. Okay. I have, you know, I want, my wife was a little worried about you. She was like, is just Justin, do we need an intervention? Do we need to, well, Michigan state football needs an intervention in the true. worst way, because I'm not alone in feeling like this was maybe the worst loss Michigan state football's had in since Bobby Williams, two thousand two. I would say I would say this is the worst loss they've had since John L. Smith slapped himself. Oh, I mean at Ohio State yeah. because this was the clear cut example of the kids are playing their tails off and the coaches are screwing it up, and that entire yeah. second half in Iowa City was an absolute joke mm-hmm. from the people that are running that program from top down, yeah. and I and I. Well, well, I just, I just don't know how they could allow themselves to lose a game when you knock the starting quarterback out on one of the worst offensive teams mm-hmm. in the country, and you had them on the ropes, and you didn't do enough things schematically to make that kid just have the worst day of his life. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that really, really just grinds me so to the this, bone. So you look at it, I mean. I look at it and I put a lot more of this particular game on Jay Johnson, the offensive coordinator. A couple weeks ago against Washington, it was Scotty Hazleton and the defensive coordinator. But you look at this game and say, hey, you have a backup quarterback in the game who who Scotty Hazleton as a defensive coordinator didn't give him enough looks, didn't give him enough things to think about. And he ends up, you know, was he dynamic? No, but was he certainly able to move the football and have some success uh, against against Michigan State? So this was, in your opinion, really a complete and utter just total team fast by both coordinators, total team malfunction, total, total team, top to bottom. Now we're, we're going to talk about Noah Kim and his ineptitude at the quarterback position. You can't play 10 quarters of college football and throw one touchdown offensive or have one offensive touchdown and expect to win many games. I, I understand that portion of it, but this is the part where it's like, when you talk about coaching, it's not like, and, and I got into it with some people on Twitter when I, when I said what I said, and, and I'll explain what I said about like how I'm just emotionally detaching from the rest of this Michigan State football. I still love Michigan State. It's still in my blood. You're wearing it today, man. I'm wearing it today, but I, I am no longer going to watch a game with the emotional mm-hmm. attachment I had on Saturday night to it for the rest of this season. That's not to mean I'm never coming back. I just... I can't allow myself to be as frustrated and upset I was because 
no matter what I say, no matter what, you know, what platform we talk about, whether it's Twitter, whether it's this podcast, whether it's like talking to the people that are inside the organization, nothing's going to change this year. It's, it, it is what it is. So if, if you recognize that and you come to peace with like, hey, could be rough. They're going to lose more than they're going to win. Hey, if they win, you know, a couple of golf claps, let's move on. Let's get, let's yeah, get to the yeah. next guy. Let's get to the next regime and let's get going there. But for right here, for the right now, just let it go. Just let it go. Like you can still yeah. support the kids. You can still cheer. You can still go to the games, but it just, just almost think about going. It's like going to Disneyland. Like, yeah, I'm going to have a good time, but like, I'm not going to like, you know, it's not the greatest or the worst day of my life anymore. And that's well, where I'm at with this team. Yeah. And I think that makes perfect sense. I mean, I'll say the the easy comparison is, is, is for this past season, the Detroit Tigers, I never expect them to contend after the first month of the year, they were so far out of it. They had anemic stats and I just was like, mm, I'm kind of tuning myself out. I'm like, I'll, I'll check the score. You know, I'll, I'll look at a stat here and there. But for the most part, like I wasn't emotionally invested in any of their games. And we have been that way with the Detroit Lions for a long time, not this season. Um, but that's what it looks like a little bit is they're going to play. Who do they play this weekend? They have they have Rutgers. They have, right? a, they have a bye week. They have a bye they're week. They're going okay. into Mel Tucker bye week. Mel Tucker, yeah. So, so when they come out of it, they play Rutgers. You watch the game. But if like you almost have to think to yourself, they're going to lose. 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 And then maybe if they win the game, you're like, ah, okay, fun. That was, that was better. But you're not, you're not walking away when they lose or if they lose and going like, you know, you're not getting upset. You're not like letting this ruin your weekend. You're not like anything. You're just like, all right, I was expecting that. That's where we are. Right. Well, and I expected them to lose in Iowa city. You going into the game. I picked them to win. I, I expected them to lose. And then, you know, and the thing is, is I didn't bet the game pregame. Because they had like these plus odds, and I was like, "Well, I I can't trust them to to win, you know, outright without like seeing what's going on." And then Cade McNamara goes down in like the second series mm-hmm. of the game. Mm-hmm. Now they had already like moved the football okay. Like I just didn't see Iowa like you know beating down the house. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, they 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 can and now should win this football." And that's where my frustration comes from is. If I'm a head coach or if I'm an offensive coordinator, or if I'm a defensive coordinator, or I'm whoever, and the starting quarterback goes down on a team that struggles so mightily to move the football that a backup is going to come in, you cannot under any circumstance, I don't care if this is Michigan, Michigan State, uh, Brother Rice, you do not lose that football game yeah. under any circumstances ever. And this is what frustrates me is they didn't do anything to make that guy feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Where was like the full house blitz? Make him beat you over the top. He had already shown that he was inaccurate when he was facing the slightest bit of pressure. And that was just with a four man rush. They needed to corner blitz his face from the backside, the front side, stunt on the inside, throw in a line. They did nothing mm-hmm. to make him like feel like he was, because they had bottled up the run yeah. and they were yeah. forcing this guy to try to throw the football. And they just never got enough pressure where he was that bad. And then, and then (laughs) you had the ball on the offensive side and Noah Kim is not throwing anything but five to seven yard out routes. Yeah. You did Did nothing in the middle of the field. field. I don't don't think they took one shot down the field to Tyrell Henry late in like the third or fourth quarter, but one shot of a 15 yard or more pass one. Yeah. And, And it's like guys, you had Nate Carter running the football effectively. You were very balanced in that mm-hmm. element. But where was Noah Kim stepping up and saying, this is my job. This is my team. The, 
there is no leadership. And that's part of like the frustrations that comes with Michigan State. It's in the past, there's always been a guy that when things are starting to get a little rocky, somebody steps up and says, no, man, I got this. I got this. And offensively and defensively, there just is nobody who came up and, you, and did anything. Yeah, and I tell you, I mean, I've, as, a, as an objective observer, I have wanted, and someone doing this podcast, I've wanted to keep on giving Noah Kim the benefit of the doubt. I've wanted to cheer for Noah Kim. But three interceptions in this game, the one in the back of the end zone uh, that, that sunk you know, a promising drive, there was a play to me that kind of defined where he is mentally and the type of, you know, when a quarterback is on, he's going to make these type of plays. And when he's really struggling for confidence, he's not. And so I think it was in the first half and there was a little bit of the, the pressure was getting, to, it was coming upfield. But it, when they showed the back, the view from behind him, he had this huge lane if he stepped up into the pocket. And at that point, if he steps up in the pocket. You never know what defensives are going to do. Sometimes they leave their guy or there were, there was about 10 to 15 yards. He's a decent runner. He could have picked up the first down, maybe even run for a touchdown. Instead, he went backwards and then he kind of like spun away from it. And then he's thrown like off his back foot, out of bounds, nothing, nothing comes of it. Right. And you're like, ah, man, like the lane was in front of you. The lane was not to, to further, you know, go further away from the line of scrimmage. The lane was right there. Step up and go through that pocket. He just, yeah, he was off. And for me, again, watching it as without skin in the game, I said to you, this to you, Justin, is final two possessions that where the game was on the line, one that led to the punt return for a touchdown. And then immediately after that, you've got one thing working for you in this game, Nathan Carter. He's averaging five and a half yards per carry. Um, you know, I know that you're down at this point, but it's not like that you're down with a minute and a half to go. You're down with like six minutes to go. He doesn't see the ball on any of these six plays. And then you have the false starts and the whole, it's just, to me, I was like, what is Jay Johnson doing? Like, get him the ball. Get him the ball. Let him try to do something because Noah Kim at this point is incredibly erratic. He's throwing outs that he's like sailing guys. I mean, he would throw one good pass and three bad passes. You cannot count on that in the game when the game is on the line. And yet they're trying to count on him. Eh, it, just, no, it was a stinker all the way around. And well, and the frustration comes with like, you know, I mean, number 92, I don't, I don't know his name, but he was like the backup tight end when Malik Carr went out, which is a big, which is a big part of their offense going out of the game. He leaves the game and, and this kid jumped like three times, mm -hmm. had three false starts and he kept saying, they're moving, they're moving. And I want to be like, dude, peewee football. The coach tells you <laughs> that defense can do whatever they want. You yeah, don't move yeah. until the ball is snapped. And it's like, dude, you're in college now. I understand night game Kinnick. Don't get me wrong. Loud place. They're going off a snap count. Like, you know, I get it. But like, I don't like mm -hmm. the discipline, just not there. The, the play, like you have nothing to lose. And here's the biggest thing that I took away from that Michigan state game. I think they're afraid. Mm. I think they're just afraid. And, and I don't mean that in like a mean sense. It's just, they don't have this, like, we're going to go out and we're going to make you pay for 60 minutes. And yeah, we're not going to be perfect on every play. Football's an imperfect game. But we're going to play, and we're going to hit, we're going to tackle, we're going to make plays, we're going to block, we're going to run, put our shoulder down. When you catch the ball, you're going to you're going to get yards, and you're going to hit. Like there's they're just timid, mm -hmm. and they're just like I can't make a mistake. I can't make a mistake. And anything if you've ever done anything in your life timid, I guarantee you it has not gone the way you wanted it. Agreed. And so I want to see the rest of the season. 
these kids put it on themselves to yeah. say, I'm going to go out there and give it my all. And they did for a certain, but you have to have that mentality. And look, you've got teams coming up. Like, look, they're going to get beat by Michigan by maybe, maybe a hundred, but they better go out there and, and, and at least play like they're going to win that football game and do that against Rutgers. And you, you can build momentum by having this mentality that, you know what? The result may not go our way, but damn it, we're going to play hard. And yeah. that's what Mark D'Antonio teams always seem yeah. to have. And Mel Tucker's teams never have had that. Yeah. Well, now you've got, and you've got Harlan Barnett in this no man's land. And, you know, he, he, as a, as a Michigan fan, I remember watching Brady Hoke and the, uh, the, the cheerleader. I mean, he kind of got knocked for like, just, he wasn't involved in the play calling. You watch Harlan Barnett on the sideline and like, he never has his, his, uh, his mic. Did you see him and old, old, old Mark, Mark Antonio chatting just up? Ch- chuckling it up when yeah. they're down by three points, like late in the third quarter or fourth quarter. And I was like, what are you doing? And that's where like optics as a fan, I mean, they might've been, they, it might've been something completely innocent. It might've been something that, you know, uh, I don't, I, I don't know. It's just a bad look. And you have to realize that you're going to be caught on camera at all times. It was, yeah. uh, it was the biggest head scratcher for me. Cause I'm like, all right. Your team is not putting this team away. You're letting them hang around. Yeah. And now they're paying me for this, Justin. <laughs> That's what they're doing, Mark. Mark Amazingly, goes, they're yeah, paying me to do yeah, this. Yeah, I know. If you stick around long enough, they'll give you a bonus. <laughs> I don't think he said that. Uh, but look, I've been on the other side of this last year mm. when they beat Nebraska, when Jaden Reed ran back a punt like with two minutes to go in the game at home. That, that was like this, this euphoric, feeling of like, oh my gosh, we stole one. I mean, Iowa stole that game. Yeah, Michigan State lost that game. They didn't play to win. Uh, they definitely had every opportunity to go in there and win it. But again, you're undisciplined. You, you don't have the right guy at quarterback. And I said this early in the game. I would rather see Caden Hauser or Sam Levitt mm-hmm. throw those balls away mm-hmm. than watch Noah Kim do it yeah. over and over and over and over again because you're going to lose one, if not both of those four-star quarterbacks, if they've you don't to. give them run. Yeah, they, they've got it at this point. I mean, I, I don't know. I've seen enough. Yeah, it, it's the season is, is over, right? I mean, to some extent. They're two and three. They've lost three in a row. You're looking at the rest of the schedule. And, and Rutgers, Nebraska, Minnesota, Indiana, four games. But, I mean, are they going to be favored in these four games? Probably not. So, all I'm saying is that they're at best they're they're winning – Four or five best, games. They're six and six. Yeah. At best. They're six. But and that's six. not, but that with all the tumult coming, all the transfer portal potential, you have got to make the commitment to the young quarterbacks right now. You've got to give some type of energy to this team. I, I, I guess maybe on the road in Kinnick late in the game, they're trying to have a comeback. I can understand not going to the backup. But you but should have come out of the second half. With you should have come out of the second half. You, should, yes. you said our team played yeah, well enough. We're down it. by one. We're down by yeah. one point right now. We left points out there. He threw an interception in the back of the end zone. I don't totally blame that on Kim because the receiver kind of stopped. stopped and like, yeah. but but still turning over in the red zone and yeah. no bueno. You're in the game. Your offense had been slightly anemic towards the end. They come out and they go three and out. And I go, this is where you do it. This is where you yeah. shock it and you say, we're, we're going to win this football game. Somebody needed to be an adult, put on pants and make calls and make plays and put the kids in positions to make the winning plays. And nobody stepped up. And that's yeah. what drove me nuts watching this like 
three and out, three and out. Oh, they got a first down. Oh, and then he sailed two passes. It just was like, this guy has proven over 10 quarters of football that offensive touchdowns are not something that he's interested in. And they need to make a change. And this is where it's like, you look at the NFL, Mike Tomlin, you know, Matt Canada for, for the offensive coordinator for Pittsburgh Steelers has been under so much scrutiny for about a year and a half. And finally, after the game yesterday, when they lost in Houston to a rookie quarterback in CJ Stroud, and they looked terrible. He's like, all right, we're, we're going to have to look at some things and make some changes. It's like, okay, take note. Football teams make changes. Indiana, Indiana yeah, fired its offensive coordinator. Right, right. And they're not going anywhere either. Yeah. So it's like, Jay Johnson's time at Michigan State is over. It's done. It's well, gone. Let me, Give you know, somebody else an opportunity. I don't care who it is. Yeah. Give somebody else an opportunity. New coordinator to call a new new quarterback coming out of the bye would at least give you some type of hope or some type of like this is something for us to watch. And that's Justin. That is when you said earlier on, and and you know not to be misconstrued, when you want to divorce yourself from the emotional part of this uh, this season and, and this team is is how do you, you know, go into the bye, if you come out of the bye and it's still Jay Johnson and it's still Noah Kim, how, how do I do get you, excited? How do you have any confidence? Like, who is on this coaching staff right now? Anybody on this coaching staff, and there's three primary guys, the head coach and the two coordinators, where you can say, like, okay, this is the guy who will who will do something. Nobody. Give, there's there's nothing. At this point, like, and, and this is just me shooting off the hip. Don't get me, don't, don't, don't misconstrue this as me, like, saying, like, this should happen. But, like, Give Courtney Hawkins opportunity to call some plays. Wide receivers. I mean, anybody who can look at this and say, all right, here's the guys we got. This is the type of talent that we have. Let's make plays for these types of guys and then run them. And you're still going to have your off tackle and you're going to have Nate Carter doing things. But like formationally, this is, this is still just like, blech. and defensively, it's like you're running a four, three, but you're not blitzing ever. Like, hide some stuff, do some things. And I know some people will be like, well, they do do some things. They do. If you watch close enough and if you knew anything about football, it's like, no, no, no. Make winning plays. Put kids in positions to make winning plays and the results will likely be a little bit better than they have been. So they're going into the bye week. I think it's uh, obviously, you know, maybe on Friday we'll have more time to talk about what's going on with Mel Tucker with his hearing and all those different things that are coming up uh, this week. But Last thing I'll say about Michigan State is just let me clarify this emotional comment because some people are like, well, I want to support the kids and you should, if you're, you're, you're a team, if you love your team, you support them no matter what. I support Michigan State no matter what, but I am no longer emotionally allowing them this season to dictate my happiness. And, well, and, that's, and that's all it yeah, is. It's yeah. just, it's simply saying, I'll watch, I'll cheer. I hope these kids do well. Again, it's never about these kids. They were put in this bad position, but it, at the same time, the coaches obviously aren't stressing the things. If you've ever played organized sports, you know, if you make a false start, that's on the kid, but it's also on the coach for not making him pay a penalty mm-hmm. for false starts. You, we used to have to run around the field like six times if you false start. Down ups. Yeah. Uh, it was the worst thing in the yeah. world. It was the last thing I ever wanted to do in my yeah. life. And it's like, and, and again, I, I, I think that like, it's just time to just say, okay, they are what they are. We already kind of knew that a couple weeks ago when they got just raced by Washington. They weren't ready to compete with the big boys. The new coach is going to come in and that's when I can start to maybe reinvest if they make the right hire and the guy starts doing yeah. some of the things the yeah. right way. But it's, just, but it's just too far off. Yeah, it's too far off. So it's too far off. You know, one way you could support is find out what NIL uh, deals some of these players have. And if you want to support the players, you could always hey, I mean, this guy is promoting this, promoting that. I'll go do those things because that could potentially lean some more money in their pocket. 
um, I don't know, trying to find some, uh, some silver lining. Here. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough road. You know, it's not a tough road. It's not a tough road to see Michigan finally looking <laughs> like the top three team that we've kind of been waiting for. Yeah. And when that ball rolled out on the field at, uh, in Lincoln, I, I was, you know, I finally started, I tweeted about it and everyone's like, Ooh, you, you say Michigan. I'm like, listen, to the podcast idiots, but that, <laughs> that team finally looks the part. Justin, you've been asking me. We've been talking about how hollow those first five victories have been for Michigan, the first four Michigan victories, and what do you need from this team and something like that. Finally, there was a game, and I, I'll say this. I went into the weekend, and I said, you know what? I think I've been a little bit hard on these guys uh, in saying, you know, it's I'm walking away going like, meh, eh, like what have you done for me? And I looked at it and said something that we talked about is there's only 12 guaranteed football games a year. And so I'm going to go into this Michigan-Nebraska game, and I'm really going to make sort of like a spectacle of it. I'm going to have some buddies over. We had a, 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 some friends over. We got out. We did a little Oktoberfest. We got the beer flowing. Uh, we got the TV outside and said, I'm going to sit there and be all in on this game, regardless of what happens, because there's only seven more of them, and I want to really appreciate it. And then Michigan went out there and absolutely kicked their ass and did exactly what a number two team in the country is supposed to do. And on a day where, where, you know, Georgia struggled against Auburn. Now I think Auburn might be a decent team. Uh, you could say that Michigan was the best team in college football on Saturday, 45 to seven. Honestly, it was 45 to nothing until they Nebraska scored really late in the game against the scrubs. That is, and now here's the thing, Justin is I think Michigan has now set the bar for themselves until they get to Penn state. Every game should look like this. 100%. They're playing Minnesota this weekend. It should look like this. They play Indiana in two weeks. should look like this. And I got to say, in three weeks when they play Michigan State, it should look like this. It, it absolutely should for those three games. You have something to build on now. Not that you didn't have something to build on, but like you said, it was just kind of like, eh, like, eh. And now it's like, okay, finally go on the road. I understand it's only, you know, Nebraska. They're not world beaters by any sense of the imagination, but like, who thought Auburn was going to give Georgia the scare that they did. That game was tied late in the game yeah, and Auburn. Yeah. Now they're Auburn Auburn's, it, yeah. Auburn's better than Nebraska, but at the same time, it's a conference opponent. You, you can't sleepwalk into these places because if you do, you, you could get, could get caught. And I think the thing for me was the defense finally kind of just showed like nobody's moving the ball on us. Yeah. We're shutting down everything, not just the run. We're shutting down the pass. I mean, again, Nebraska, anemic offense, not necessarily going to like you know present a massive challenge. But again, we said this before the season even started. Michigan just needs to do what it needs to do, survive in advance, survive in advance. But this one felt like, okay, we're ready for we're ready for somebody else's best shot. We're ready yeah. for a more talented team's best shot, and they're still not going to see it for another couple weeks. But I mean, it, it's it's good to see that full. Effort. Uh, they were great defensively. They were great offense. JJ McCarthy didn't even play the second half. No, he did not. He didn't have to. I mean, he he was. He, they were so far ahead that in unprecedented territory, JJ McCarthy is giving a kiss to his girlfriend on the sideline. What did you think about that? <laughs> I was stunned that Jim Harbaugh allowed the girlfriend to get that close. I couldn't believe it. I, I mean, and and I, I don't know. It, it, 
so I've heard of some theories that like, oh, it's an NIL thing, you know, that what? Uh, for what? That Kisses? maybe like maybe maybe <laughs> like the girlfriend is getting she'll get an NIL deal or they get an NIL deal as a couple. I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what comes. Uh, Lovers we'll, Lane. We'll, we'll JJ McCarthy from Lovers Lane. So, <laughs> I, hey, you know what? Maybe the maybe the resort to Traverse City or something like that. I thought it was I thought it was pretty crazy. <laughs> Uh, but no, I mean, you, you brought the defense. Let me, let me just give you this stat and there is some sack yardage in here, but we talked about going to the game. Heinrich Harburg was a pretty good rusher. He was in fact, leaning, uh, leading Nebraska and rushing as the quarterback after two games, nine carries negative two yards mm, rushing. Doesn't that feel good? Uh, it feels amazing. And they ran a quarterback sneak with them. I think the game, I think it was 14, nothing. Michigan was up at this point. Cause, uh, they'd had the interception. They're running down the field. They've got a 65-yard drive going. They run them on fourth down, stuffed. And then from then on, Michigan blew the doors off of them. And the Nebraska crowd, one of the most loyal, one of the most ardent, one of the best crowds in college football. After halftime, I think there were probably 20 or 30,000 empty seats. Yeah. Because and that, those people don't leave that game. No, and they because it was it was 28 and nothing. Michigan was getting the ball to start the second half. Ugh. And it was like, this Ugh. is. This is not going to go well. Uh, no, but it went well for Michigan. And that's, that's what you can, you know, as a Michigan fan, mm-hmm. you've got to finally be able to say, Hey, I think this is a really good football team. And not just because I want them to be really good it's because they showed me that they could be really good, effective against the run, effective against the pass. Your corners are starting to really look the part yeah. of, of being able to shut people down. Passing lanes just closed. They gave up one long uh, completion across the middle. Well, you're never going to be perfect. Yeah. You're never going to completely But when you're selling out to stop the run, your safeties are in the box. I mean, right. you, you said this before the game, I think you were like, put 10 guys in the box, which is not completely realistic, but they had eight guys in the box to shut down the right. run, and you're going to leave the middle yeah. of the field a little bit open. Well, and but that that's what Michigan State tried to do against Iowa in, in the like first part mm-hmm. of the game. They weren't even like, that's why they... Anyways, we're not talking about them because they suck. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, everybody looked apart. J.J. McCarthy looked apart, right? I mean, I know he didn't have a big passing day numbers-wise, but 12 of 16, two touchdowns, both to Roman Wilson, who's now got eight scores on the year, wearing that number one jersey. That, that catch uh, he made, the first one, over uh, the back of the helmet yeah. and hugging him down to the ground. It's as good of a catch as you're going to see. The second one is as good of a throw you're going to see. J.J. McCarthy rolling against his body, throws it on a rope like 40 yards to the back of the end zone, got catches with his fingertips. You've got him rushing for a touchdown. You've got Blake Corn looking good. You saw Donovan Edwards, not maybe in terms of numbers, but he ran harder. Um, still not involved in the passing game like I would like to see, but you saw a lot of young guys. You mentioned the defense. I mean, just across the board, there's nothing to nitpick. Everything that they wanted to do, they did well, including for the first time all season, the backups came in and scored a touchdown. Right. The backups came down the field, led them to a touchdown drive. So that was really good to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here today going like, that was fun. That was fun. And it might have been the first time all year right. where I said exactly that. Well, and I think that your your approach going into the game, having your boys over, like it was a really nice weekend mm. here. It might be the last nice one we have. We uh, were sitting in, outside. Uh, I don't have great. a TV on the wall outside. Like that's in the bigger plans. Like build a deck out there and have those TVs. But I was just able to bring a TV out, connect it to the, whatever, the Chromecast or whatever. Yeah, with, with the yeah. Whole thing. Oh, yeah. Stream it. Stream it. And we're drinking, you know, we're, again, German fast to little October, you know, some German beers and the whole thing. We're having a good time. And by the fourth quarter, 
we're not even really paying attention anymore because they're up so big. Perfect. That's, uh, that would have been yeah. great. I would have loved to not paid attention to the last <laughs> second half of the Michigan State game. By the way, uh, next time next time you have a, a watch party, maybe this maybe this weekend, you're going to be drinking anything different? I might be drinking some bourbon. Ooh, I love yeah. bourbon. We got a pretty... I've got to say, uh, this is an awesome, in my opinion, promotion for the entire month of October. So on every podcast, on social media, you'll be able to see this. Uh, our friends over at Detroit City Distillery, and I know you're a fan, and I think this is what's really interesting about this, is that there's two owners, there's actually three, uh, but two of them are, one's a Michigan grad, one's a Michigan State grad. Sounds like uh, two peas in a pod here. And what they have shown, Justin, is the ability to put rivalry aside for the betterment of the business. It's like what we're doing here. We're doing here, what I married. I mean, again, rivalries are fun, but there's bigger bigger picture type things. So you've got uh, Detroit City Distillery, which you can find at Eastern Market. Uh, and so here's the promotion. Um, during the month of October, take a picture with a Detroit City Distillery bottle. I don't care if it's bourbon, rye, whiskey, gin, vodka, any of their things. And it can be the empty one that you just finished, or it can be the one that's got you know one uh, one ounce pour left in it, or it can be the brand new one. Um, go to the store, pick it up, take a picture with it. Whether you're Spartan or a Wolverine, use this hashtag. If you're a Wolverine, DCD Wolverine. If you're Spartan, DCD Spartan. Tag either Justin or myself or both of us um, on social media, on either Instagram, Twitter. I think you have other ones. I don't. Those are the only ones I have. Uh, but but tag us on it, and at the end of the month, we're going to pick one winner, and you and seven of your people, your friends, your family, will join Justin, myself, our wives, at Detroit City Distillery for a tour and tasting, uh, which should be a great night. We'll talk Michigan, Michigan wow. State. Wow. This is the first time hearing of this. This is fantastic. I know the thing about it is, it's like huge bourbon guy. Love me some rye as well. Mix it in there a little bit. But the local company, got to love, got to support them. But yeah, I mean, come hang out with us. Shoot the breeze, shoot the shit. We'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll have a good time by November. It'll be after Michigan, Michigan State. Yeah, we won't. Have, you guys could just you know just like I'll I don't even know. I'll just wear black. <laughs> just wear, by the way, might wear your colors, but no. Use the hashtag DCD and then Spartans or Wolverines. Mm -hmm. uh, Instagram and Inst uh, Twitter. We're gonna we're gonna probably find the most of them. Uh, so if you if you're listening out there and you got a bottle of this or go get a bottle of this, tag us. This is a great opportunity. I mean, you got a whole month to do it. We've got what eight more pods before yeah, uh, we pick a winner. So it might even be more than that because it's and we're on October first, maybe the thirty first. Don't do math. <laughs> no math is allowed okay, on this right. podcast. You're right. Uh, but yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to see you guys have a, a big, uh, you know, uh, rush to do this and, and and try to make this really fun because hanging out with Michael and I. That would be, that would, I, I don't know. I think it'd be I'd, fun. I'd hang out with you. I would say that our wives are our better halves. They're also a lot of fun. That's true. Uh, That's and, true. And so you can, you can see if you've always wondered how a Wolverine marries a Spartan, you could see it just on display that particular evening. And yeah, we'll talk a lot of sports. We'll enjoy the tasting. Uh, it should be a great time. Um, you know, I, I think there's like, they have some type of food options there. They might be like a I don't know, charcuterie board or ah, charcuterie board. Yeah, something like that. So we'll we'll figure it all out. But uh, hit us on Twitter, Michael Smith ith or J Rose Detroit, J Rose D E T D E T. I should say. Anything else from the weekend really stand out to you, Justin? Besides our teams, I know the Ryder Cup, the U.S. team got their butts kicked. Yeah, that was interesting yeah. to see. Um, you know. I mean, you're a big golfer. I got to say, I was not invested. I I was as soon as on Friday when they got down. 
a gajillion to zero or whatever it was. I'll, I'll, just, I was, I'll just put this out there. For, for the people out there that, that said, oh, I can't believe Ricky Fowler gave Tommy Fleetwood that putt. Come on. It was two. He had two putts to make it from two and a half feet. He won't go miss it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that, that portion of it. But the one thing I will leave with, how about them Lions? Yeah. How about them Lions? Three and one, darlings of the NFL. Looks like they can beat anybody. Don't sleep on them. Buy your stock now. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be curious to see some of the power rankings this week. Uh, power rankings, to I mean, it's kind of like the, I heard a lot of Michigan fans clamoring, we should be number one, we should be number one. And then when it didn't happen on Sunday, there were some that were upset about it. I was like, who cares, right? Like, no. give me a break. Like, it doesn't it, matter till the end of the year. There's four teams that are going to make the playoff. You get a chance to go prove yourself. And similar in the NFL. But I'm curious to see where they slide in there. Because, you I know, think they're a top five team. I think so, too. I think they're right at five. That. You know, you got Eagles, you got 49ers, 49ers, you got Kansas City. Well, they beat Kansas City, so they're above Kansas City. Yeah, the Bills now the looking Bills pretty look strong. Good. The Dolphins are still excellent. Like, I would I would say the Lions are right in that five to seven slot, which is kind of where you want to be and you haven't been there forever. Yeah. Or at all. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden, if the Lions are like number one team and everyone's like, oh, they're so great, you start to read your press clippings a little mm-hmm. bit. And Dan Campbell, he has a job to do, keep these guys humble and hungry. He's going to be pretty good at doing that. It's just. He had a great, they, they posted a locker room speech for the line. I mean, it was a great speech. And uh, if you can get the unedited version where they're not blocking out the F words, uh, just that type of passion. And it was, a, it was a really good weekend for Detroit sports. Miguel Cabrera retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw the final game um, in the Tiger uniform. I thought the Tigers were super classy. I give the Cleveland Guardians a lot of credit because yeah. they stopped the game in the eighth inning to have him have this like send off, which. You know, it's not the easiest thing to do. You know, there's nothing on the line for the Guardians, right? Yeah. So, uh, Terry but I, I thought it was, was the class act. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I would have liked to see like Miggy just stay and play the whole game, but uh, this was this was their plan. And he got the final. You know, he he got a ground ball to first base and was able to tag the guy or get the guy out. So it was a nice weekend overall. The Pistons and Wings are going to start soon. Let's go. There's other things that you can distract yourself with if you're a Spartan fan. Yeah, I'm going to need a lot of distracting. But, yeah, or a lot of bourbon. Well, okay, coming up on the podcast later this week, we're going to dive into what's going on with Mel Tucker. We'll take a look ahead, uh, previewing Minnesota and Michigan. So thanks for everybody for listening. Get that Detroit City Distillery uh, promotion going. And, uh, you know, Michael, I am I feel good now because I'm okay. no longer attached. Good. I'm a, I'm a plastic bag floating in the wind. <laughs> I love you, man. But you are an idiot. Ha, ha, ha.